Hey, I'm Aldwin. And I'm Jason. And this is the Ready Play Tennis Podcast. New balls, please. Why I didn't get excuse me? Can you talk louder so everyone can hear you asking me about my drugs? I mean, if we had Hawkeye, you would be so freaking embarrassed right now. Well, how come they can say whatever they want to me? Oh, it's old talent. That don't work. I just sit on the couch. I don't want to look like I am I going to be his boyfriend. Ready? Play. Welcome to the Ready Play Tennis Podcast. I'm Jason. And I'm Aldwin. Oh, I see you have a drink there. I should have one. I had to have a drink because it has been a consistent companion since episode one. How could I break tradition? Yeah, and you know, being that this is our season finale, we should be hearing the clanking of the ice throughout this next <laughs> eight or ten minutes but i am sans drink at the moment that's okay you have enough energy enthusiasm to do this little intro to our vika interview that you don't need a drink girlfriend yeah and what a glorious interview it was we're very excited that you are tuning in today to listen to this episode of ours and It has been a couple of weeks since we did the interview and you and I have both sort of taken a look at it a couple of times as we prepare to launch it and to build our teasers and promote it. And lest we forget that all of these things are done just by us two individuals and (laughs) co-hosts. If only only people could see. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean... We did give a little sneak peek into what the process looks like if you watched our IG story last night. <laughs> I hope those sweaters were comfortable as you waited <laughs> waited for the YouTube video to upload because the interview will be on YouTube tomorrow mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, so having watched it a couple times and saw the different moments, what was the most uh, memorable moment for you in our conversation and then what was perhaps most surprising in what she shared most memorable moment well first of all i just have to say one thing i couldn't look at the interview you know once we uploaded the zoom interview the zoom file into our google drive i could not look at it it's the same way that i felt about the genie interview i don't know what it is but it's just a thing that I go through where I can't believe that I've interviewed someone of her stature in the tennis world and it's almost like bad luck for me to look at it again. So anyway, having looked at it again, honestly, the one thing that I find the most that I found to be the most memorable about her is she used the expression, I keep it 100. And that is Vika Azarenka to the core. You know, she started the interview. You guys will see in a couple of moments. Jason just runs off a whole list of accolades that she has accomplished in her career. And he asks her, well, what do you think? And she's like, I really don't think anything. And that is her. She keeps it real. And that makes her so authentic. And I think the reason why she's so likable and um, so has so many fans around the world. Yeah. And. To on the flip side of that, she does acknowledge that, you know, people may 
you know, not like her. And, you know, we get into a whole story that is hilarious and you'll see it, <laughs> see it in our most recent post. But um, yeah, they, they are tennis stars in, in the spotlight and they go through um, development from adolescent to adult and they're living that in the spotlight. And I think that for me was one of the most interesting elements of her conversation and the story um, that she shared in our interview together and I just couldn't believe that we were you know talking to her and I remember that one story that she told about the French Open and I think I was cry laughing that <laughs> I was I was having such a good time and just feeling like in the moment with her stories and um, I, I liked how uh, she settled in when she um, sort of understood our vibe and what we were about and the kinds of things that we um, wanted to ask. And, and hopefully people will get a sense that we we try to take a bit of a different approach when we prepare for these interviews and we prepare uh, questions of these players. Mm-hmm. I mean, she served the realness. The other thing that just came to my mind that I think is so was so impressionable on me was that we got the Vika Azarenka with all of the experience behind her. You know, you just talked about her entering the tennis world as a youngin and developing and all of the mistakes, all of the experiences that she had, all of her answers were so thought out and so thoughtful that you could tell they came and were delivered with a lot of experience. And that's why I think her storytelling for the interview was so rich and connected with me, connected with you, and undoubtedly will connect will connect with everyone that watches the interview. Yeah, and the richness comes from that experience that you just talked about and the fact that when she, w- the moments that we think about for her and the successes, obviously we reflect back to those uh, Australian Open back-to-back titles and, you know, her, her winning trophies and sort of dominating during that time. But mm-hmm. what will be, I think, surprising for people is, you know, she acknowledges that she wasn't necessarily happy uh, when she was winning. And, you know, people on the outside will think, you know, tennis is, is very glamorous. And, you know, when you're winning, you must be happy because you're holding those trophies and you're getting those big checks. But that wasn't necessarily um, the case for her. And she sort of dives into um, the pressures that, women like her uh, experience young women in their you know late teens early 20s and how um, as an adult now with a child um, she reflects on on those experiences and you know prepares for the for the tournaments but is able to compartmentalize and put the tennis aside once when the tennis is uh, over win or lose yeah she she brought all of that. And I mean, just kind of as icing on the cake, her mind, her focus, her daily affirmations, her positivity, I mean, that comes all as a result of her experiences. And like at the end of the interview, girl, I don't know if you felt it, but she just she just came with a lot of just presence and peace. And she's definitely in a good spot. And I think, I mean, we all were rooting for her in 2020. And I ha- I can't... I just we just want to root for her even more in 2021. Like she got so close to that slam, we want to see her carrying another trophy next year. 
Yeah, seven years removed. She makes the U.S. Open final again. It was pretty incredible. It was just incredible to watch. And I think the interview uh, towards the end, you'll hear, you know, perhaps some surprising stuff about her relationship. And she gets a bit candid about her experience with uh, her her ex and, and what she was going through even when she came uh, to Toronto last year. So, yeah, we we cover a whole wealth of stuff and we uh, get some tips uh, from her son, Leo, on how to grow our Instagram. (laughs) We have to execute that on our break. Yeah, I mean, if only I could, you know, turn my 42 year old self to a four year old cute (laughs) kid again. So listen, all of you people that have been messaging us and sliding into our DMs being like, when's a vegan interview coming out? Oh my gosh, your teaser's so cute. Tomorrow, tomorrow at 6 a.m., Wednesday, December 2nd, it's about to pop off. So well, yeah, and get if excited. If they're listening to you say that right now, they're listening to the episode. <laughs> 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 so, you know, I, I don't know if, the, do we have anything else to say? I mean, we should just let her play, right? Yeah, let her play. I mean, we talked about it on the last podcast, but this is the last time in a in for before we take a bit of a break. So, you know, enjoy this these last few words speaking into the mic. Yeah, and we saved to the best for last. So thank you, Vika, for being so generous and for sharing yourself with with our fans through this really awesome interview. And we hope everyone enjoys and we hope you all have a safe twenty twenty. And before I go Please review and give us a five star review and, you know, <laughs> like, share and subscribe and all of that and like such as because we we would love for you to share this interview and share your joy of this experience watching Vika in in a sort of a cool, chill vibe with others. All of that. You said it perfectly. I have nothing to add. All right. Enjoy. Bye. See you in 2021. Ready? We are here with the one, the only, two-time Aussie Open champion, three-time U.S. Open finalist, two-time Olympic medal winner, 21 WTA titles, and mom, and ranked number 13, but not unlucky, uh, Victoria Azarenka. Thank you for being on our podcast. Thank you for having me, guys. When you hear all of those accomplishments, what mm-hmm. what comes to your mind? Honestly, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I think that's something that is really uh, obviously things that I won't take for granted. Obviously, I'm I'm really proud of of the things that I've been able to accomplish. Um, but it just, you know, it just feels like it's a kind of part of my life at the moment, which one I'm, which I'm living. So I don't necessarily look back and, and wowing about it yet. I think that that would be maybe like a bit of reflection, um, reaction a bit later, later on. Right now, it's just more like, um, it, it's just, you know, kind of like good memories that I will say I think about sometimes but but not that much so it's just more 
I, I've been trying to kind of try to live in the moment and it's the hardest thing. So, so when I, when I, I don't, I, when I, when I say I don't look back, I, I really don't look back anymore. So those things are just, you know, those are great memories, but I try to build as many new ones as I can mm -hmm. on every day. So those, those things are just, you know, part of my life. They part of my um, career that shaped me into you know people knowing who i am definitely so it's it's, it's a huge part of my life but to me it's just it's just a smaller part i would say can i just interject real quick jay yes are you like because i'll be honest sometimes for example i'll go through my day and i'll be like brushing my teeth and i'll be like oh yeah i remember i hit a winner like I remember I hit that cross court winner. Like, does that ever happen to you where you're like mowing the lawn or you're feeding Leo and you're like, oh yeah, that was a really good overhead I hit. <laughs> no, that that <laughs> that never does that, that never happens. Uh, I I don't really think about tennis that much, I would say, outside. Like I think more about like when I'm in the moment, like I don't think about my matches ahead too much or like tournaments ahead too much. I mean, I prepare for them, but I don't think too much ahead. And I will, I, I don't even remember a lot of my matches. Like you will, it was a funny story. One time I was supposed to play Heather Watson and I was talking to my coach and I was like, I mean, I know Heather very well, but I was like, I don't think I've ever played against her. And then my coach comes back to me. He's like, Vika, you played her four times. <laughs> I said, really? Oh, I don't remember that. So, so that's kind of how I, how, I don't know if I can call that forgetful, but it's just. You're you know, in the present moment. Yeah. I feel like I remember more feelings rather than, you know, moments. So like when I come somewhere, like if I travel and I, and I had like, really good time in one place then i'll have those kind of more of the feelings rather than remembering a particular moment and, and i think that's that's really cool because i i feel like i can kind of relieve the kind of memories but build the new ones yeah awesome well yeah. you gave us all of the feelings this year and this past summer with all of your uh success so you came to the Western and Southern having played just two matches, I think, in 2020. Yeah. And, you, and you had a tough first round match in Donna Vekic. And we watched that match because we were, you know, obviously loving that tennis was back again um, after mm -hmm. the COVID break, but, um, you know, wanting to see uh, you specifically. And after that match, there was just this feeling of or that that I saw this feeling of joy and 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 relief I think in in the fact that you were you were playing and that you had won that match so um what was that what was that like for you um as you kicked off the double in the bubble well that was you know for me that was a really cool moment in the way that it wasn't really about the win it was more about I knew that I'm facing an opponent that was really challenging for me in the past where I felt like I've kind of got close, but I didn't go to, you know, the next step for whatever reasons there, there were. And that was like the cool, 
moment for me knowing like okay my first round is going to be a challenge that like right away that's going to be a challenge and and that was the cool moment and it wasn't so I wouldn't say the relief because that feels I would say the relief is more like oh it's finally finally this is over you know for me it was more like oh that's cool like I've done that let me try to do try to challenge myself again in that way because that was and kind of a really challenging experience emotionally and physically, obviously, but I enjoyed it. And that was like, oh, that, that, was, that was nice. I want, I want to try to see what, what else I can do on the same level. And I've said that many times in the interviews because people say, okay, well, Cincinnati is where everything kind of turned around for you, which is not true because I don't think that the win that kind of helped me to shape. I think that was kind of like more, okay, that's that's the right way maybe that I can succeed. But I had to find that in the bigger adversity when I played in Lexington, because before I came to Lexington, I was playing unbelievable. Like I played in practice. I played so well. I was moving great. I played practice sets. I barely lost the game to anybody. And I was feeling really good and really confident, but something in the match happened that I was just not doing what I was doing. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of, you know, not disappointing, but I I felt a bit like, oh, like I wish today was success, but it wasn't. But in that match, I kind of found, okay, even though things weren't working, I started to pick up that kind of a vibe for me where I felt okay that's how how I feel good that's where like I enjoy playing and that was that was crucial for me because I remember sitting with my coaches after and they said Vika you know what like today like it's just not the day that you won but you worked so hard and things are gonna go they're gonna come you just have to trust and believe in the process and I remember my coach telling me like, please don't be discouraged by today's win. And I said, you know what? I'm not, I'm actually more excited. So that was, that was a really cool moment before even anything happened in Cincinnati. It's funny that you should say, just to give you a little bit of a, see for us. We're thinking the same thing. (laughs) No, yeah, we are totally thinking the same thing. Like it's so fantastic to hear uh, a WTA player, a player of your caliber, say the same things that we actually say ourselves. Like Jason and I play practice matches all the time. And, you know, in the warm up to it, I'll be like, oh, I'm on fire. I'm going to kill him today. And then it doesn't happen. So, like, that's so funny that it's the same kind of situation for you. Like, you could be doing yeah. all the right things in practice, but then in the actual match, it's just not connecting for, for whatever reason. Yeah. And it's, and it's, it's really like sometimes, most of the times I play better in matches. I mean, obviously not every match, but overall, um, but it's just, you know, some like tennis is, I think what makes it complicated is all the things to bring them together. Um, So I think that's what the complexity of the sport that comes with physicality, mentality and technicality so and once you kind of can figure out for yourself you have the opponent that's trying to do exactly the same thing and that that battle of 
dynamic and you know uh, competition uh, in terms of you kind of fighting against somebody who's trying to do the same thing to you. Um, I think that's what makes it brilliant, the sport, but also that complicated where from, you know, from outside is like, it's always easy to sit on the couch and just <laughs> make comments and just say, oh, I, I could do this and I could do that. But, but it's really not once you, once you try it out, because there's a reason why there's only, you know, 20, what, 25 or 24 players who are number one in the world. So it, it, it shows over the years that how hard a task that, that really is. And there's no luck to it. There's no, you know, magic to it or whatever. So. Okay. So, I mean, you obviously talked about your success in Cincy, just a little story that we wanted to share with you. Um, we, you came to Toronto in 2019 to play the Rogers cup mm -hmm. and Jay and I went to watch you play Diana Yastremska and mm -hmm. we were like the obnoxious, well, I'm okay. I'm not going to speak for him. I was the <laughs> person that was like, Kuvika, Kuvika. And I was like, <laughs> like trying to get your attention in between like on changeovers and like, you know what, mm -hmm. let her just focus, let her play her game. But mm -hmm. that was, anyway, that was us. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's cool. I was, it was a very hard time for me in Toronto last year. It was really, really tough. I don't, uh, I'm, uh, yeah, I wouldn't even know like who people who I've met because I was so kind of, you know, focused on dealing with my, my situation that uh, that was, that was a tough trip, but I actually, uh, Toronto was, I love Toronto. It's, it's really cool city. Um, it's a lot of things to do. Um, a lot of beautiful like rooftops. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. cool. And I went to um, I went to the baseball game there, which oh, was cool okay. too. You saw the yeah. Hopefully, yeah. for you. Yeah. <laughs> so that was that was that was cool. All right. So moving on to the U.S. Open. Obviously, you won Cincy. Um, First of all, a question I think a lot of people want to know, like we've gotten kind of a feel of um, the questions that people want to know that maybe aren't the regular questions you would hear, but obviously you were in the bubble, right? You were Cincy yes. that you went to the US Open. Mm -hmm. Did you get a minute in between Cincy and the US Open to just like sit down and be like, oh, okay, I won that shit. And or like, you know, what do you do? What is, what is that moment like in between the tournament for you? tournaments well for me it was a super quick turnaround because um obviously we didn't get to play on saturday the final but i was there at 7 30 in the morning <laughs> <laughs> i finished my warm-up and i was preparing for my match but um so that was not a day where i could just you know like that's that's time to relax because then you do all the media and all the all the stuff which takes a lot of you know, a lot of time and, and a lot of energy. But I was I was staying in the house with uh, maximum security <laughs> in New York. <laughs> uh, and really my my time to relax was spending time with Leo because that's, that was one day where I said, okay, I'm not going on site on Sunday. I'm just gonna stay home and I will do my physical work here and that's it. And I actually went on the tennis court with him. We had a tennis court and 
I had a lesson with him. Like he hit some balls and it was, it was cute. So that was more of the moment. It wasn't about, oh, I just won the tournament. Cause I do, I mean, obviously I appreciate it, but such a quick turnaround was more about, okay, let me just in, unplug rather than enjoy the win. And yeah. I have, I always have the rule of 24 hours. It's either 24 hours, either you win or lose 24 hours, then it, it's done. So you move on. Um, so for me, that was just more like, okay, I have 24 hours to unplug and just be, you know, daily things without thinking about the particular schedule. Um, and that's it. But my more of enjoyment moment was just like to be home and, yeah. and, not, and not think about anything else. <laughs> and yeah. home, home was the hotel? No, I stayed at the house in New York. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Jay, do you want to ask Vika the question about her semi? Yes. So we wanted to ask about the semi. Obviously, um, there's always a lot of attention on Serena and trying to capture 24. But for us as fans of you, we wanted you to beat her at a slam. Um, so uh, we, we got we got a lot of hate from all of our uh, gay tennis players. Uh, players that we play with because we were right. rooting with so you, I, I would say maybe it was mixed maybe it was like 60 40 but I, I think a lot <laughs> of people a lot of people want Serena to achieve that goal we had many goals in our mind for you so what what was it like for you going um into that match and obviously you you sort of talked about compartmentalizing and not really thinking about your next opponent but that's um she's a different kind of opponent well, I always am very excited to play against Serena. Like that would be my my favorite matchup. Obviously, maybe not in the first round because that's kind of <laughs> too soon. Yeah, too soon. But I think our best matches always been the finals. Um, you know, obviously, like recently we played also in Indian Wells on like Mother's Day. So I feel like we step up on some big occasions, you know, cause it kind of more meaningful for yeah. both of us. And at this stage in your career, sometimes it's harder to get excited about every single match. So you're kind of looking for those, those big, big moments that you're chasing. Um, so semifinal for me was, I mean, I wouldn't say it was any, I didn't feel any different that any other match, to be honest. I, it was just, I knew that that's going to be a different challenge because it always is. But I was excited to play against her. I was excited to see her, you know, come to the semifinal. And so that was, but other than that, it, was, it wasn't any different because tennis is tennis, you know, life is life is life for me. So I, I feel like I've kind of learned how to maybe... I don't know, separate, separate a bit the importance, the importance of it, where you feel like that's the only thing that there is. But it was, for me, what was super fun is just to play, to be out there. So that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to go out there and play and enjoy. Mm -hmm. And, and that was it. There was nothing, nothing really more to it. 
I think the significance is for, you know, for public, for media, because you need to hype it up and, and sell the TV and stuff and create the buzz. So I, I think that that was, that was the, um, the outside. Um, and for me, that, that, that doesn't really affect me in any way. Mm. So, but, but as I said, it's, it's always the, the coolest experience to just like kind of have those matches and, and it's going to, and, and those I think will be the more things when I reflect on my career, that's the, what I remember, I would remember is those moments, those matches, um, you know, the moments on the court we have, the moments off the court we have, that's, I think that's what I would remember more than just wins or loses, losses, you know. I remember when those semifinals came up, Aldwin and I texted each other and we were like, these two matches are going to be amazing. And they yeah. de they delivered big time, big yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, I think there was a lot of really, really good uh, women's matches at the US Open. Uh, so I was really like excited of the level and the, you know, entertainment that a lot of girls brought on on all the courts so it was it was really really awesome one thing that we wanted to share with you too and you know maybe this is a great question because you just talked about the difference between how the you know the media and like the business side of tennis tries to hype up the matches versus what you would feel on the inside like jay and i noticed this season and maybe it is well i think it, it is true but you just seem to be more relaxed laughing on the court chill i mean you've always had this like fun girl vibe like even from back in like 2012 and 2013 but this time around it felt a little bit more mature and more like just easy so can you talk mm -hmm. a little bit about that like how did that kind of how did that come out in your tennis and why did you feel that way well i will say that you know when you grow up when you grow up young you know and and you play tennis when it's like for fun, right? So when you're like 12, 13, all you want to do is play tennis all day long. When I was 10, all I wanted to do was play tennis all day long. And then you start to get a little bit more interest in, in life. And then you go on tour where everything is kind of new and it's, everything is kind of exciting. And you have that, you know, kind of, you know, fun to be around and experience things. And then the, the point gets to where it becomes, everything becomes serious. Everything becomes pressure. You have to deliver, you have to do yeah. this, you have to do this. So as soon that plays in, the fun goes off. Yeah. And that becomes like, you know, you become more of robotic motion that, that a lot of times, which, you know, not necessarily happened to me so much because I feel like I'm have a, really strong personality but a lot of times when you know you have to behave a certain way and say certain things and this and that you have to learn so you become you know more of narrow-minded focus like very narrow focus on a particular thing and and that way and and, and it's a lot of the, a lot of these things happen of the environment that you know especially like young girls are a lot vulnerable to to get to and you kind of lose yourself with identification of yourself as a tennis player so 
you can forget like what you like, what, what are the fun things? Cause all you know is, you know, tennis, tennis, tennis. I have three weeks off and then tennis, 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 prepare, da, 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 da. <laughs> so, so that becomes like, for some people, it maybe looks fun on the outside because you travel the world and look at this and look at that, but it really is repetitive, you know? And to me, that's how it started to feel. That's why I wanted to stop. It was just not fun. And I can't really play when it's not fun. You can see that like in, in, my, in my game even, it's like not exciting. Um, and, and that's how it started to feel in 2012 and 2013, even though, you know, I was winning and playing well and, and everything seemed like perfect. Mm -hmm. I was not that happy. I can't say that I was really a happy person to the point where I, I am now because my happiness was coming from my results and it's so fragile like it's really fragile it's just like basically i um i needed always a confirmation that i'm good like i'm good uh, people like me uh look at me i'm doing this i'm doing that and and that that is not sustainable so then when that kind of goes away the downfall is is really tough because when you get injuries you know you don't you don't get the same um i would say attention from people you don't get confirmation because you are getting that happiness from your winning and from this so that's all you know so where are you getting it from now and that's confusing and i see that happen to unfortunately a lot of people and a lot of players and that happened to me that happened to me to a point where, you know, I was dealing with a lot of my personal problems and I just couldn't, couldn't enjoy anything. I didn't know what I like, what I do. And then I, the moment happened for me to kind of transform. It was, it was a decision to kind of transform a bit myself because it's just like, I couldn't go on like this anymore. Like it's not healthy. And and I started to enjoy life. Like it wasn't, it wasn't about, I, I say that many times people say, oh, are you really happy you won this match? Like, yeah, I am, but that's not where my happiness come from because I've learned how unsustainable that, that really is. And that's why now when I play and when I say I enjoy playing, I am enjoying, like I've never enjoyed practice as much as I do now. Like. I really go and I enjoy, I have fun. We joke around, we play games because that's what it's, what it's supposed to be. It's not all fun, fun and games. It's not that you don't work hard, but your ad, my attitude towards that is so different. So that is to me a bit funny to hear people talk about when you are successful and now you're happy. Well, no, my happiness was before that. And my unhappiness was before that too. So both, both sides. So, you know, when, uh, when, when some people saw me, I don't know, after maybe Paris, when I lost and a lot of people expected me, I don't know, to be miserable and sit and cry. <laughs> I'm not going to cry. Like that's the match that you learn, you move on, you, you go on with your life mm -hmm. there. So, so those are kind of, I would say the things that, 
really are important to me in life and tennis is and and you can see that you you, you guys said that yourself there was a question like how is that where does it come from and it's not and it comes from from me you know from my kind of daily morality, I don't know life lifestyle that 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 I've kind of adopted and and I'm working on it every single day because it's not easy you know I have but it is what it is the energy that, that you just described it really is coming through like we feel it it really comes from a place of authenticity like you I wish we could show you the text messages that Jay and I would be sending back and forth we're like this girl is happy she's in a whole nother whole nother level <laughs> she could win she could lose she's just chill so it really is translating and i think a lot of the fans feel that which is great mm -hmm. yeah i i hope so because one thing that i feel that i will say i've been most proud of is that i've always been myself no matter what it is i feel like the good the bad everything was kind of shown all the time and i think the confusion where you know maybe it's misunderstanding from from fans because all sometimes they see is you on 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 the um on the tennis court and when you don't really know yourself how how do you expect really you know other people to know who you are so those are the moments where when you leave in the public eye they are when you trying to figure yourself out and somebody's looking at you on the outside is you know it can be like what are these people about because you are in the process of figuring yourself out and learn about yourself but it's it but it's but it's tough it's very tough i would say right now and i and i think it's more than ever now exposed that vulnerability of being a public person because you can't escape anywhere mm -hmm. yeah yeah you i mean you really just you grow up um, in what is essentially your job. And I think what you're kind of saying is that you now com compartmentalize. Um, and G when we interviewed Jeannie, she said, you know, I'm going to work. When I'm going to the tennis court, I'm going to work. So it sounds like you're you're going to work. And then when you come home, you, you let it go. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, 2020 was obviously uh, amazing for you. You had some great results. Uh, we we read obviously, and I think you just shared uh, that you had considered retirement. So, what are your what is your most uh, favorite accomplishment in 2020? And are you still considering that? Retiring is not on the table right now. Um, but what would be my best accomplishment? Hmm. To I will say like the most silly probably thing ever is that I make my bed every single day. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Is that yeah. something you didn't do before and that you've never done <laughs> I've never done this before. It's real I make my bed every single morning. I make Liam now make his bed every single morning, something we do together. But yeah, that's my my best accomplishment personal <laughs> i feel <laughs> hey that's no small task i mean the consistency the dedication like yeah you can't miss one day so that's amazing mm -hmm. even any anywhere hotels anything like that really yeah mm -hmm. everywhere 
Okay. So I hope the housekeepers appreciate that. <laughs> They're like, we want, we want because we don't have to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we're gonna get to more of the fun stuff now. So uh, we posted a story when we were um, watching the start of the French Open. It was yeah. your, it was your first round match. Um, it mm -hmm. was very cold, uh, and it was raining. And I was watching here on TSN in Canada. So I pulled, they pulled some of the highlights and some of what you said was, I'm used to hot weather. I live in Florida. It's too cold. What's the point? We're sitting here like ducks. Yeah, how, well, that's, how, not, that's not the full story because nobody really talks about the full story. Oh. Tell us the full story and then how crazy were, were, those, uh, were those conditions? Okay, so let me start from the beginning. First of all, people who know me well know my level of sarcasm is about here, you can't see. So, and, 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 and it's my bad because some people don't understand jokes. So I guess people didn't really take that that well. So it wasn't my place. And I was talking with my team after, I was like, guys, you do all know that I was joking, right? Well, Florida, I'm from Belarus. I know what the hell cold weather is. And, and they were like, yeah, Vika, but it was just the wrong timing. And I said, you know what? You're right. That was the wrong timing, but F it. So I thought it was funny. I thought it was hilarious. I thought it was funny. So let me tell you the story. So the match is at 11 o'clock, right? So I, I was going to be the first match of French Open. I said, perfect. <laughs> My son was arriving at 8.30 in the morning from US. So I was like, please put me on Monday. So they didn't, that's fine, which is <laughs> fine. And, but I was like, okay, you know what? May, I'll play my match and then I'll see him after, no worries. So then I wake up and it's raining. So I was like, oh, you know, my match is probably going to be postponed. So it's great because I usually go warm up. Like I was, I was going to be on the court at eight. If I play at 11, I was going to be on court at eight. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go early. Then I'm going to see him. No worries. Raining. So I said, okay, my, my, my match is probably going to be postponed. So I'll go warm up later. I'll get to see Leo, make sure that he's got here. Everything is fine. So I got to see him and then my coach calls me and it's like 9, 9 a.m. already. He's like, Vika, your match is at 11. I said, what? <laughs> it's at 11. I said, what the fuck? <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's raining outside. <laughs> he was like, yeah, but there's no delay. I was like, okay, well, let's go. So we go to the, we go to the courts. I go straight to the warm up, and I'm warming up on the court. It's raining. It was a shit show. Like it was a shit show. It's raining. The balls are this big, heavy. I'm warming up in two jackets, in two pants. I I was missing gloves. That's the only thing I was missing. So and and I'm warming up with my opponent, and it's windy as hell. That's fine. Like it's it's just it was just like what why are we why are we here? And I get the point that it's COVID. And it was a lot of effort to put on the tournament. I get all that, but that's not a normal condition. Let's all be honest. It's too freaking cold. Not that we, I'm a spoiled tennis player. It's freaking cold. And you play, so you run. And, you know, it's, it's not like, oh, you just, you just jog there for 
you know, three hours. So you kind of like get in the rhythm. It's constant stop, go, stop, go, sit, stop, go, stop, go. So I warm, I, I warm up and I was like, okay, well, I guess I will the match. So I change quickly. Like, oh yeah, you're still on 11. And it, and it hasn't stopped raining <laughs> one time. And I was like, how in the hell are we going to go there? The court is wet already. They're like, no, it's all good. It's all good. I was like, really? <laughs> okay, fine. I'm, I'm not saying anything. We go on. We go, walk on out. It's raining. I was like, okay, great. So we warm up, warm up everything. I was like, okay. We start playing the match. And then after like, it was a third game. So I'm tossing the ball and it's wet. It's completely wet. So I had to wipe up my wipe off my hand to be able to hold my racket where you like, where your racket, you can't hold your racket. So it was like 30 all, I think it was 30 all. And my opponent slipped like uh, Danka, she slipped and she was like, she was a bit complaining. So I asked her like, Hey, you okay? She was like, yeah, yeah, I'm good. So I won, I win this game. I walk back and she's like a bit confused, like why I was still playing. Like I almost slipped. I almost like hit, you know, injured myself. Yeah. So I'm asking the umpire, I said, like, you got to check out the court because I mean, it's like, it's really wet. Like it's slippery. It's dangerous. And there, and she's like, okay, let me call the referee. So she calls uh, uh, the referee who I know Claire really well from the tournaments. And she says, yeah, like she checks out the court and she says, Vika, would you mind waiting here? I said, why? Why, would, why if it's raining, why in the world would I wait on the court when it's like nine degrees Celsius outside? Of course not. I'm not going to sit here. She's like, well, I said, no, like absolutely not. I'm not going to wait here. That's stupid. That makes no sense to wait on the court while it's raining in the cold <laughs> no and and so nobody nobody obviously recorded that part <laughs> and then i decided to make my joke okay. so yeah i actually saw that context, in that context is really funny <laughs> so then they said oh she just walked off the court that's not true i went to see my opponent and i asked her hey do you want to wait here and she says, no, why? And I said, well, then I'm out. She's like, Vika, can you wait? I said, no, I'm not going to wait because that's ridiculous. Why? <laughs> so I walked off. Like, what, 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 what am I waiting for? I like that you're giving us the full tea. Like, that's a <laughs> Yeah, because that's, that's like, truth. that's just because people take con like little things, information, and they make the story. And that's bullshit. That's like somebody, you know, saying they're, they're, you know they're buddha by reading one buddhist book like yeah if you take a bit of information and you don't do the half story it's not you're not so that was really that's kind of like pissed me off because that's not that and then I'm, oh she's spoiled go back to florida oh, no. oh come on and then yeah and then when when we walked and when we walked off the court like I spoke to Claire after everybody's like they said yeah the court was not in good condition and then the argument was oh everybody else played well everybody all the courts are not the same they can say whatever they want all the courts are not the same so 
this is what it is. There's <laughs> other court who also stopped, like just move on. But you know, it's COVID. So people didn't have tennis. They need to make, make stories. And I get it. Like it was not the greatest timing, but <laughs> when people know the whole stories, it's a whole different situation, yeah. but you know, we just for the record we didn't think that you were a princessy we just thought it was so funny like whenever yeah. you get into those moods we're like that's she's funny like she's just <laughs> letting them have it like that's just so vika <laughs> no because it's like some like i've nonsense i have really really hard time to react to nonsense like logical if it's something logical even if i don't like it that's fine like i get it but if it's not there's no logic i I lose it like I'm just like okay well um, I, I don't get it I'm out so and I just sorry I want to just hear a little clip because all of the gays on my like messenger are like ask Vika about this and it's like the perfect segue so yeah. obviously we watched I think it was either in Dubai or Doha a couple years ago you played against Caro and she hit that second serve that hit the tape and then dribbled over the net and like yeah really out and then um, you were like, what's going on? And then you're like, challenge. And then there was no challenge. And you're like, you go up to the umpire, you're like, are you kidding me? Like, you, you turn around to the lines judge, you're like, the ball could not be any slower. And so the, yeah. question, the question that my friends, our friends wanted to ask you was, when you looked over at Caro, because at one point in the interaction, you're like, girl, the ball, you knew the ball was out. like. <laughs> Yeah. Were, you like, were you like, come on, she definitely knows that the ball was out. Like, this is ridiculous. I mean, she knows that the ball was out. But in this situation, honestly, like, <laughs> in the match, like, I don't want to say anything about Kara because we are, we are friends and stuff. And, you know, I'm, I'm not sure if she didn't want to, like, admit it or something. Maybe it was just not the right moment or whatever. Like, if I was in this situation, I believe I would maybe react differently. But honestly, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Like it's it's a match situation and stuff, but that was just like that was ridiculous. That was <laughs> Yeah. She was asking for a first serve and you're like, girl, come on now. You went come on, you want a first serve now? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean I like in that in that moment, like I'm I'm always gonna be like one hundred and yeah. and just like I'm not I, it there, it wasn't it's not about the point of like I never have any problems with it really with any players, but if we have anything, if we have anything to discuss, then we just go, I just go off the court and, and, and that's how you handle it. It's not going to do it in media. Like, you know, some players do this bullshit with like back and forth. And uh, yeah. I said this and I said this, like, I, I don't do that. I, I go straight up to you and we handle our business. You deal with it straight, straight. Yeah. Up. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm not about the, the, the media feud, the beef or whatever they call it. No. No, that's not me. <laughs> um, so we connected with you on IG and you're obviously very engaged there. Mm -hmm. um, we, we wanted to have you remove the veil of what happens on your side of the screen when people like us engage with you and, and how do you come to say yes to, to you know, fools like us? <laughs> <laughs> You know what? I don't have a particular like thing. I don't necessarily, I actually, I've been so proud of myself. I've spent, it's like my personal record. I've spent, uh, you know how you get like the notification 
of how much time you spend on the phone. Oh yes, yeah, the weekly notif- the weekly report. Yeah, so I don't know about this week because I've been on the phone a bit too much, I think. But <laughs> but I was for the three weeks straight. My average was fifty four minutes a day. Wow. Thirty four minutes and forty eight minutes, and it was seven minutes on social media to 12 minutes on social media so i'm very very proud of that that's amazing yep. yeah that makes so in those seven minutes <laughs> i have answered your text that's so <laughs> then we thank you <laughs> that makes it extra special that we caught your attention i mean that's pretty cool yeah so i don't re- i don't necessarily have like a particular um particular thing about like my Instagram I'm sure if I would want to monetize more things I could have done better but I just wanted to be like you know my my thing like what I want to do and be like as real as possible with what I want to do and I do look through like some DMs uh, but not every day and not all the time so I don't know how many guys how many times you guys messaged me about asking this but (laughs) We I've won't, we won't divulge done, that. <laughs> yeah, I, I've done. No, I just don't check it every day. It's not that I don't see it and I ignore it. It's just I don't I, I don't check it every day. And my uh, my friend now, John, who I've met through s- something similar than you guys, I've done um, like a chat with with all all his like friends and, yes. and players. Yeah. Amazing. So so that he also texted me like i think once or twice asking me and then i replied and we we've we've done that so so i do i do that it's just like i don't just sit on my social media to to do that but a lot of things that are you know personal who i can tell people are sincere um you know then if I have time, I always, I always want to, to, to connect because that's a beautiful thing to connect with people and, you know, share stories and et cetera. That's awesome. Um, so one personal theme that I feel like I share with you is that every time I found like over the summer hardcore season, you would, you know, because of COVID, you would always come on with like an LV mask. I'd be like, <laughs> Okay, look at that mask. She's she's flexing that mask. Okay, where's her bag? So this is more like a fashion question, but like you always look on point with your kits. Like Nike treats you so well. You look top to toe, like ready to just battle, but like in that fierce athletic way. Like how important is fashion for you? And like, you know, just feeling good, looking good on the court. Like, is that something that you think about? Well, the the on-court fashion is, I will say, priorities to me, obviously, comfort. Mm. So that's always been super important. And that's why uh, years ago, I feel like maybe I started a bit of a trend with playing in shorts. Yeah, I know Anna did that before. <laughs> Anna Kurnikova, which was my favorite outfit that she, that she wore, the shorts. Did but I felt, yeah, but I felt like, you know, it was, for me, it was more of a comfort thing. I just preferred shorts because I feel like I'm practicing shorts or a dress. So for comfort thing, I prefer that. And and then it kind of 
started to catch up and I started to get all my collections with shorts because that was that was the comfort thing. So I would pick, I would always pick my fashion based on, um, on my comfort. And one thing, like I used to play in in, in um, hats, oh, okay, in yeah. visors, yes. but I can't play in them because like I can't see the ball when I toss anymore. <laughs> it's like messes me up. So I had to find something and I, and I brought back the bandana because yeah. I was inspired by Mary Pierce, you know, when she used to play. So I thought it was like a cool look. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to play. I want to play back in bandanas. And they didn't, Nike didn't do girls bandanas. So I was like, I remember I just had a plain white, my first one. And then I talked to, to the lady, uh, Suzanne, who I worked with me in, in, um, in Nike. And, and she was like, you know what? We're going to start developing because you can't just play in the plain white bandana. So then they started sending me the guy stuff, but it's like, it like covers my, my full forehead. I was like, yeah, that's not going to work. So, so then, then really shortly after they developed the, the headbands and then that took off. So that was really cool. So those are, I will say like two, like little things that accessories that were important for me. And then the crazy color shoes. Yes. So that was like, my you know that was like super important for me I said I want always colored shoes and 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 stuff so so those are you know few I'll say few like signature things that I would I would add over the years and and obviously the the influence on collections uh uh it was more about you know all the other kids that um are in the, in the collection for every year mm-hmm. and yeah we I mean I, I the thing is with with the collections like I try on stuff that is going to come out like a year in advance and then I forget because it's like oh uh, well I just tried on for 2021 and oh what do I have in 2020 I don't remember so <laughs> so that that happens a lot but in terms of fashion uh yeah I'm I feel like my 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 style, I had few quite bad misses, for sure. <laughs> really bad misses with fashion. And, um, but, you know, now with COVID, it's like back to comfort, <laughs> back to the most comfortable fashion. I own so many, you know, sweatpants these days <laughs> that I'm very happy about. I have bikinis and sweatpants because it's hot in Florida. <laughs> I live in Florida. <laughs> it is hot here. <laughs> we have a question, a, a rapid fire game at the end where we'll ask you about your bikini style, but we only have a couple more questions before our game. Um, sure. Speaking of uh, looks and entrances, your, your, I think, entrance on the court is is fairly iconic in tennis at least for the people that we play tennis with um and ostrava i think was one of those places where it really spotlighted it they did a good job of you know creating entertainment from your entrances and obviously mm-hmm. one of the things that you bring out on your entrance is your headphones it's sort of one of your signatures so tell us yeah. about your your track that gets you going and gets you ready for a match you know what? I actually stopped doing this. I stopped going on the on the court with headphones. I obviously listened to music before, but now I have a speaker. So, in like in US Open, in the US Open, we we had the suites and stuff, and some other places. I usually warm up like in a in the in an area where it's like nobody. So I'll play my speaker. 
So then it's just not in my ears. Mm. And, and I just, you know, like, I feel like sometimes what I've done, you know, to why I word my headphones and the music is like, okay, you shut off the old entire world. Like you focus. That's what, that's what I was talking about. That laser focus um, that you have. And now for me, it's like, I want to experience all those things. I want to experience going on the court. I want to experience, well, not the crowd at the moment, but those, you know, those <laughs> moments. Uh, so I can, I can feel them and, and that's a bit different, but I still love music. I still, I dance to reggaeton all the time. (laughs) I actually just listened to Machine Gun Kelly new album, which was like, kind of like punk, punk rock type of stuff with a bit of rap and and everything. It was kind of, it was kind of interesting. I don't know what kind of mood I was in but (laughs) I was I was listening to that but you know I'm I'm a huge lover of music and all kinds of genres so I don't never have like one particular song Hmm. um but I'm sure I would say a hundred percent sure that the most songs on my playlist now are reggaeton oh gotcha so uh one more question on music on behalf of our By the voice- way, there's a lot of players who walk on with headphones now. <laughs> yes, huh? that's true. Yeah. Yours, yours feel true. more iconic. <laughs> true. <laughs> yeah. On behalf of our boy Chapo, what's your review of his singles Night Train and Drip? What? <laughs> you didn't know he, he released two rap songs? Oh. <laughs> oh i haven't i haven't heard them i've seen him i've seen him rap on the court and and i think i don't know if he if he, if he thought it was a great idea still but <laughs> i love i love dennis i'm just gonna say it. i'm just gonna say it right away but yeah, yeah i don't know i mean you, you know are- what if he enjoys it that's all that that matters i don't mm. think he cares that much what i think about it and i hope he doesn't I have to say, we we did um, on one of our episodes, we did a a dramatic read of some of the lyrics, but um, Corne Mute, uh, he raps on one of the songs and he's actually got some flow. He's good. He's good. He good. We're like feeling him for as a like a side hustle for him, like as a rapper. Yeah. Wait, who? Corentin Mute. Mute. He's like that French up and coming player. He's cute with a little beard. (laughs) I don't I mean I, I'm so I'm told you guys right in the beginning I'm so bad with names I need to see faces okay. and then and then I know but I don't I don't know that many young players now because you know he played the UTS at Moratoglu's Academy in the summer yeah I have I I yeah if I see the face then I'll know probably <laughs> sorry can but, I just ask one more question before we go into the game so you know obviously when you get your entrance like the the tournament organizers they play a song they play a song yeah. on your entrance is there ever a song that gets played where you're like in your mind like why did they choose this song for me like <laughs> it's not my song <laughs> yeah party rock <laughs> anthem which oh. which song <laughs> party, party rock, rock <laughs> anthem like why the fuck are you playing <laughs> the, those assholes they no but i was like why (laughs) yeah like guys this is 2020 like get get current for a second by the way i hope you bleep out all of my bad words (laughs) don't worry 
We got you. We got, we got you. you. Okay, so we're gonna um, end our show with a game. It's called the Changeover, and um, essentially the game we're going to send you uh, rapid fire questions, and mm -hmm. you have to kind of answer them just off the cuff. So they'll be presented like a this or that, or mm -hmm. like favorite this. And mm -hmm. it's just an opportunity for us to kind of get to know you more and like for your fans to connect. All right. Sounds good? Fire it up. All right, here we go. Jason, are you starting the clock? This is all you, yes. <laughs> okay, uh, let's start. Forehand or backhand? Backhand. Pony or bun? Uh, pony. 2012 or 2013 Australian Open? Both. I really can't choose. Really can't oh. choose. For very different reasons. Okay. All right. Yeah. LV or Gucci? Gucci. Mm, yes. Gucci girl. I got you. Um, <laughs> I just have more bags. I just have more bags. That's what I just bought like three. <laughs> um, TikTok or IG? Uh, I'm more on IG. Yeah. We, yeah. we love your TikTok though. Your dances are. I know. I, I need to, like, I'm so shy to post a lot of them. I just, like, I should just post them. <laughs> yeah. You, you, I, know. Know. you I have like 260 drafts, like, literally. <laughs> yeah. This one's wow. I'm not joking. I'm not joking. <laughs> I'll show you. Look. <laughs> I'll show you. And they're all dances? No. Oh. All right, everybody, we're going to get a, a look at the, Yeah, pause it, pause it, pause it. So, oh, 322. Wow. 322. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes, we see the shadow of you dancing. Yeah, there is one that I did in museum. I actually did a TikTok in museum. <laughs> <laughs> they, they're okay with that as long as you're wearing a mask, I guess. I am wearing a mask, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Next. Okay. Let's say we're all out at a at a karaoke bar. What's your go to karaoke song? Uh, Rihanna Man Down. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. I was doing I was doing karaoke with Serena once, and she's like, "Damn, that's dark." I said, "Wow." <laughs> <laughs> I said, "Well." <laughs> um. Favorite tournament? Um. Wow. Favorite oh. tournament? Um. I do, I mean, I love Australia just as a country to go to. I also like, um, I like Indian Wells a lot. I like Miami a lot too. Honestly, it's so hard to pick because there's so many great ones. And I do, I do actually love Canadian tournaments. And I'll tell you why, because I appreciate people who come to qualifying matches and yes. cheer on players. This is awesome. That's like amazing. And I always love that. All the tournaments are always full and people like appreciate all the players. And I love that. Thank you for saying that. I feel like Toronto is an underrated city when it comes to tennis appreciation. There's so many tennis fans in Toronto that yeah. like know the game. Like we just love tennis. So yeah, Agreed. thank you for saying that. Um, okay. What's your favorite saying on court when you're winning? Um favorite saying on court yeah like is it like a come on come on i will say i actually say a lot of weird shit but i'll say <laughs> like 
I will say Alela because of my team of French. I'll say Vamos because I speak Spanish and I have a lot of friends that are Mexican and Spanish. <laughs> and uh, I say like Davai. Um, I mean, I, I say in Russian sometimes. I feel like, you know, I'm just so used to speaking English like re regarding tennis because that's like what I've done my whole life. But... So I, I'm, I speak Russian just like more off the court. So it's more about like other languages on the court because I pick it up from around people who I am. Gotcha. Um, favorite diva? Like- uh, What's diva? Whitney, Whitney Rihanna. Whitney. Is she a diva? Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. yes. Rihanna saying hands down, I love Rihanna. Riri's your girl. Yeah. When, I feel like, put you know what? One? Like, I feel like me and Rihanna, could be like best friends <laughs> yeah yeah and i and and i'm like and i like we have a same one of our agents is the same agents and i'm like every time like i need i, I feel like i'm gonna meet rihanna and he's like yeah you you <laughs> she's really cool you like you'll get along and i'm like it's gonna happen at some point <laughs> it's gonna happen it's just like it's going to happen that's gonna be that's like yeah, and I, I think, feel like we can be good friends. I yeah. think you should send her a TikTok video and make it happen. <laughs> no, yeah. no, she, I don't. I, I think she's just, she's so creatively, you know, involved now. I don't even think that she spends much time on social media. <laughs> <laughs> all right, and the last question of our game is turn up track. So like, we're all at the club. We're all dancing. We know you love to dance. What's the song that's going to get you to be like, oh my God, this is my song. Ooh, um, I, mean, I don't know if I can say. Do <laughs> <laughs> you like a reggae? Do you like reg Do you really? Get I love reggae. I will say, I will say, uh, "Tusa" by Carol G, because the last time I actually went out was in Monterrey with all my friends from Mexico, and that was like the the hot track yeah and it was just like killing it yes yes yeah and that's the end of our game wow oh, okay thank you so much you've been obviously so generous with your time so of um, course of course thank you I so have much about 10 more minutes if you guys have any more questions we we actually don't we don't have any more questions <laughs> i mean actually i do have one question that we, yeah. we glossed over um, we were talking about IG and, you know, yeah. we try our best on this thing called Instagram, but we only have about 300 followers, but we noticed that Leo has 10,700. So <laughs> yeah. can, can he give us any tips? You know what? He hasn't posted in over a year, probably more. And I feel like we're going to bring it back. I just going to, you know, me and Leo's father, We'll we'll start doing this together. I hope he will <laughs> he will also he will also you know make an appearance on Leo's Instagram, and yeah, I think Leo is gonna is gonna we're gonna bring Leo back a bit because he's just you know he's been growing so fast and uh, maybe in one way you'll you know Instagram and all this kind of post maybe we'll keep some sort of memory for him later on or something. Mm -hmm. That's and what so we're close to the holidays the last question what what do you guys have planned now that you're decompressing off for a, a few weeks 
Well, I'm actually going to hit tomorrow for the first time since Ostrava, so I'm excited for that. I need to go find my my shoes somewhere. I have no <laughs> idea where they are. <laughs> so, but yeah, I'm gonna start practicing. I've been I've been uh, I've been uh, working out. Um, I haven't uh, I haven't stopped doing that. But just you know, back to training and having fun. Staying a bit put right now um, with with COVID, and then. Uh, travel to Australia I hope this you know all this pandemic kind of same yeah stop soon and you know I feel like it's been such a tough year for a lot of people and um, yeah so with a lot of things not just COVID it's just so it's just been it's been really really tough tough year but I hope it's going to be transformational year for a lot of people as well because it's been for me Speaking about transformational, before J- Jason concludes the show, um, we want, I mean, we want you, I mean, we would love if you could continue to post those, like, inspirational affirmations on IG. Yeah. Girl, like, I wake up <laughs> in the morning, and I'm like, what's her asper- What's her intention for the day? And I read it, I'm like, okay, I'm going to, like, send myself into the day with that intention. So it's yeah. so wonderful. Yeah, I love those. I love those. And, you know, I started doing them for myself. And uh, I, I feel like, you know, it, it kind of catch cashed on into like a bit of a, not a trend, because I don't like the, that word too much, but kind of like a daily, um, you know, daily connection to like a lot of followers and a lot of people. And, and I get even like a lot of DMs of people like, hey, your quote's been, you know, really uh lifting up my mood and it's inspiring so that's kind of what it's all about is to be able to uh to inspire other people and make make somebody else's day better if it's if it's tough um so i feel like i you know when you've been through like really low moments you can you can relate to other people and you know that it happens everywhere it happens to you every day i was actually the other day i was feeling so bad like I was I felt like really felt that I was negative towards myself and I just didn't feel good about myself so I cried a bit in the car for about 10 minutes and I called my and I and I texted that to my friend because I feel like in in this particular time if you can share your vulnerability Mm -hmm. and and you have someone who can listen and just just listen sometimes it's just about listening not really doing anything that's such a gift so if my quote can a day, you know, help somebody with that, with that way, that's, that's just, that's just going to help my day to be even better. So, but, but, you know, some days are just not as good as others. And I said, I just cried for 15 minutes and my friend called me <laughs> and was like, whoa, well, you're in pretty good mood for the text that I just received <laughs> 30 minutes ago. I said, yeah, it was a moment. But you know, that moment is that moment I lived through it. I said that I was not feeling good. I cried a bit. That's fine. And then you move on. You, you go, you go on about, you know, bad moment is not a bad day. It's not, a, it's not even sometimes a bad hour. So that's okay. Moving uh-huh. on. We love that as a theme for this show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we're so grateful to have had your time. And, you know, Bika, if you're listening, we're looking forward to your sun shining bright in 2021. And we really are so thankful for all the time you gave us uh, on our podcast. So thank you. 
Thank you guys. It was a pleasure for me to meet you. And I uh, hope to, after all this stuff is over, I get to see you guys in Toronto. Hey, it's your serve. If you love this episode, be sure to give us a five-star review. And don't forget to share it with others and let them know what all the racket's about. See what I did there? And don't forget, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Ready Play Tennis Podcast. See ya!